0: Friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots.
1: They saw some of the workers surrounding the hole where Modim had fallen. He's in there, Drollock pointed. Stand back, everyone, stand back. The workers obeyed the professor's instructions. Warren and Sheila approached the opening in the ground with caution and looked down. Do you see him? asked the Professor. He's about twenty meters straight down. Warren scanned the opening. He's alive but unconscious. You have angered the gods of this accursed civilization, screamed one of the workers. They want to eat our children. Calm down, calm down. That's enough superstitious nonsense from you, Icosa. Professor Bigelow warned him. Where is that rope? Right behind you, Daddy. You can find us on all of
0: your favorite streaming services, Apple Podcasts,
1: Spotify,
0: Pandora, whatever. We're there. Just look for Fort Worth Roots. You can also catch us on all the social media sites and YouTube with the videos that are associated with these episodes by searching Fort Worth Roots. We have more information on our sponsors and events at the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that. This podcast is sponsored by Roofing Solutions by Darren Houck. Go to RoofingSolutionsHouck.com or get them at 817-882-6520. Tell them you heard about them on this show, and you'll get 50% off on a roofing tune-up. A lot of fun stuff happening this weekend. January 6th, the New Year kickoff over at the Ridgely Room with Space Poets, Sonic Wonder. Say goodnight, here in theory, Lenny and the O. Crimson Skylines, Goodbye Farewell, Honeymoon Dolphin Skydrum, Jeff Zero and His Own Private Universe. I don't know half of those bands, but we're going to see Space Poets, Jeff Zero and His Own Private Universe, and we'll be happy to listen to these other guys too. It's going to be at the Ridgely Room. Tickets are $12 in advance and $15 at the door. And then Saturday, Saturday, January 7th, the Traumatics and the Jaybirds, along with Good Latimer, are going to be playing at Magnolia Motor Lounge. I'm excited about this. Of course, these are great bands, but I have not been out to Magnolia since they switched locations. So that's going to be cool. The new Magnolia Motor Lounge is located at 3803 Southwest Boulevard, Fort Worth, Texas, 76116. And it looks like you can get tickets on Amazon. Amplitix.com A-M-P-L-I-T-I-X dot Cool. We'll be there. You should be too. Uh, if you haven't checked out these bands, Space Poets, this is going to be their debut performance. This is the first time they've played together. This is not their first time on stage. This is our good buddy Joe Guzman who you've heard on the show a couple of times. He just started this band, Space Poets, not too long ago, but yeah, this is going to be their debut uh, performance right there at the Ridgely Room. January 6th. Okay. And like I said, more announcements at the end of the episode along with more sponsors. So stay tuned for that. Our guest today is an extremely patient man. We have been pushing this interview out uh, to accommodate my schedule. And he was kind enough to wait uh, while I read one of his books. And if you are in a hurry, don't ever wait for me to read a book. It takes me a while. But that is no reflection on the author. That is a reflection on my own personal intelligence level. This was a great read. It was called Ten You're Going Home Marine and Other Short Stories uh, by our guest today. It was recently recognized uh, this year for excellence. And you can find this author's work along with a bunch of other awesome literature at ProgressiveRisingPhoenix.com. It will be in the show notes. That, I believe, is his publisher. Yes. Rising Phoenix Press. And the audio clip that you heard at the beginning of this intro was with our guest reading off one of the stories inside the book. He had offered to read one of the shorts, and I told him which one my favorite one was, and he read it off for me. So that was awesome. That's the first time we've had an author do that on the show, and it's also the first time we've had an author in the new studio. So lots of first times today. Excellent. All right. Happy New Year's. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. That's enough talking out of me. Thank you all for being here, and give it up for our guest today, Daryl Bartell. And let's start the show. (laughs) Okay, I'm with uh, Daryl Bartell today, local author. Uh, We've got three books that he's graced me with. One is Barry and the Vampire and the Rosedale Encounter. Uh, 10-5, You're Going Home Marine and other short stories. And then the Corona Monologues. These are three books that Daryl gave me to read, and so far I've made it through one.
1: <laughs> ten, ten, five, I tell you.
0: Yeah, so I wanted to make sure we got you on the show because you've been exceedingly patient with me. Not
1: a problem. And you
0: know, uh, we, we haven't had an author on the show in months.
1: Oh well, I'm flattered. i you know it's okay patience. I mean you know all of us good artists. You know we all have our setbacks. It's life gets in the way. That's just how it works. Yeah. So not just with authors, but uh,
0: podcast people. So for sure. Yeah. Anything. Anything you're trying to do, and right. unless you're just independently well. Or you're rolling in money from your uh, artistic venture, then you've got other things. You got other irons in the fire, right?
1: Yeah, you know, trying to match those six lottery numbers just (laughs) hasn't hasn't (laughs) quite worked yet. But I'm still working on it, so we'll we'll see what happens. Are you an avid lottery player? I play once in a while. Yeah, I mean probably more often than I should, but uh, you know, I, I, I play responsibly. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know, I don't go out and like spend. $200-$300 2 300 dollars a week like you know some people I hear about. Right. Do you have a problem? No, I don't have no problem. I can quit anytime, you know. <laughs> it's like what Mark Twain said about smoking. It's easy to quit smoking. I've done it hundreds of times. So, <laughs> <laughs> so right. So, well, I, uh,
0: I I don't buy the scratch offs or the uh, weekly lottery, but I I do when I go to Vegas uh, enjoy just sitting down at the blackjack table. And throwing away or donating to the city, uh, several hundred dollars at a time. So. Yeah,
1: I used to be a pretty avid Texas Hold'em player. Yeah, myself, you know, won a few tournaments and stuff. Not, not free world tournaments, really. Um, not nothing to the extent of uh, uh, what you see on TV, you know, right. with uh, Doyle Brunson and Phil Hellmuth and everything. But uh, enough to make people go. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Make him wonder. Pro- probably the most uh, memorable times I have is had was when uh, I was heads up with a guy for you know a tournament and my full house beat his full house. I had nines over fives and he had fives over kings and he thought for sure he was going to win it and he didn't. <laughs> so, so a nine over fives full house of nines over oh, three okay. nines, three nines, two fives. So you both had a full house. We both had a full house. Okay. But you had the high card. But I had the high cards. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's got to
0: be a very satisfying feeling. I've uh, never been that good at cards, but uh, I I will sit there at that blackjack table and burn yeah. up some cash. Yeah, uh, I, I know.
1: <laughs> you know, even though, even though you put me, I mean, even though you bet five dollars, it feels good when you hit that twenty one. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, Daryl,
0: you're the you're the first author we've had in the new studio. I was telling you a little bit about us trying to get this thing straightened up so that we can get more guests in here. And sure. Uh, so I appreciate you stopping by. You. Not a problem. I'm mm-hmm. happy to do it on a Sunday. You mentioned that uh that you uh, didn't have to drive very far, so you are a Fort Worth resident. Yes, I am. Awesome. How long have you been in Fort Worth?
1: Uh, ever since I left the military back in nineteen ninety. Okay. What branch were you in? Army. Army. How US many years? Army. Uh, t- almost ten years. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Were you Were you a career E four? Did you make it to sergeant? I made it to sergeant. There you go. And then uh, the army and I parted ways. <laughs> um, and uh, you know it was it was a good ten years. It was military police. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know it was it was a, a good. It was a good time. I got to uh, be in a lot of places: of uh, uh, White Sands, New Mexico; mm-hmm. Frankfurt, Germany; Fort Shafter, Hawaii, which was the best assignment, uh, not because of the the suns, the sand, and the in the surf and all the you know beautiful girls in bikinis, but I worked with a lot of good people there. Yeah, and uh, Carlisle Barracks, Pennsylvania. So, how long were you in Hawaii? Three years. Okay. Yeah, MPs kind of get. Uh, tethered
0: down to these different locations, right? You all have kind of extended stays at, at some of these bases, I guess.
1: Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, It's been like 30 years since yeah. I've been. So the, <laughs> the times have probably changed back right, then. But right. Uh, back when I went in, it used to be that, you know, okay, you re-enlist, you're first timer, and you had a choice of, um, they gave you a choice of assignments in your contract. You know, you could Europe or Korea, which was your overseas assignments, mm-hmm. and then you, anywhere you wanted to go in the United States. Yeah. And uh, so, my first assignment, so I chose New Mexico and Germany. Mm-hmm. So, I ended up going to White Sands, New Mexico, and then I got orders for Frankfurt, Germany. Nice. And then, uh, when it came time to re-enlist, um, I had one assignment. I was thinking back about it. I probably wish I'd have taken it, because uh, the realist Seoul came back with a, uh assignment, Chile, South America. Mhm. I'm like, okay. Why in the world do they need an MP in Chile, South America? I don't MPs know.
0: go everywhere, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess we do, but you know, I never, you know, I I said uh, I'll go ahead and turn it down. And then they offered me Hawaii, and I said, okay, you got a deal. You know, signed up for another uh, four years, and then you know, ended up going to Hawaii. Fort Shafter was it was a great place. Um, I met a lot of great people. And uh, you know, I ended up working traffic action investigations. Um, dealt with DUIs, drunk drivers, a lot, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of speeders. You know, hello, little speeders, Mrs. Spe- little speeders. You know, Mrs. Speeder, <laughs> Mr. Speeder, Daddy's going to jail. No, yes, he's got a warrant out for his arrest. No, <laughs> so
0: you know, that's basically how it worked. Did you transition into law enforcement when you got out?
1: No, I didn't. Um, after. Um, I got out of uh, the military. Uh, I was kind of, you know, and and it was also shortly after the Rodney King accident in law enforcement. Wow, yeah. I was thinking. Not a hot
0: time uh, to get in.
1: Well, you know, and even today, um, you know, we we need our law enforcement. Uh, I'm I'm uh, pro-law enforcement. I even volunteer my time. Um, from time to time with uh, trying to help law enforcement medical examiners provide leads for John Doe and Jane Doe cases. Um, But it's just the the mindset uh, that I've, I've come across over the years where you know, and I understand that where law enforcement is concerned, you got to protect your own. But at the same time, you also have to hold yourself up to higher standards. I mean, you're not immune to the law. Yeah. You know, which seems to be uh, a problem that we have uh, trans that has been with law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, you know, over the years, um, I mean, I understand. Yeah, you make a mistake, sure, but you know, th- there are certain mistakes that you've got to be held accountable for. And you know, especially with uh, what's going on right now with uh, you know with Eric Dean and oh, Tatia- yeah. Tatiana Jefferson, sure. Um, that trial is going on right now. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And I tell, and I also uh, teach uh, English classes at the Terry County College. When oh, needed. really? But okay, uh, you know, because uh, I have. Uh, I have a master's degree in theater and a master's degree in English with a minor in communication from Southern Hampshire New- New University my um, master's in theater is from Texas Women's University I can teach three subjects at the college level but I can't get a full time teaching job at the college <laughs> level because I don't have a PhD oh, okay <laughs> alright it's which and you know because I've applied for like full time you know position well you know uh, and I, I, I follow up later on I come to find out somebody who got it ended up you know with a PhD even yeah, though I can teach yeah. three subjects you know um, I have a. Uh, I don't have a PhD. So, getting back to um, uh, you know the law enforcement angle, um, I tell my English classes when I have them you know uh, write about you know their essays and so forth that I basically find that we have three types of you know law enforcement officers uh, who end up you know getting the bad rap. You know, good cops uh, who make bad mistakes. Bullies with a badge or um, good cops who make bad decisions you know doesn't mean they're racist it just means they're human yeah. you know and but for some reason you know the media you know seems like they want to demonize these officers oh you know, it's a white cop you know black subject oh my god it's racist and then you know yeah, civil rights leaders you know coming out of the woodworks and so forth which it's wrong you know it's wrong you know our, our police officers our law enforcement officials uh, they need our support uh, and when, and we have to still have that trust, that confidence in them, that you know that they are going to you know police their own. Yeah. As you know, in this case, you know with the uh, Aaron Dean and Tatiana Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I don't know Aaron Dean. I never met the man, um, but I'm sure the last thing he thought of that night was, I'm gonna you know wake up you know. Go somewhere, and it's a great day to shoot somebody, you know, in their home. Yeah, no. a, I, looking at that, he just he just made a bad mistake. Yeah. but unfortunately, he's got to you know he's got to uh, answer for it in a court of law. Yeah,
0: and they're unacceptable um, happenings. You know, these these events that occurred are absolutely unacceptable. But it it's just an. Impossible position that you're putting a human in this is not a superhero. this is not no. a robot. this exactly. is a human, and that is not to excuse what what happens or what does not happen um but i it's just impossible you You try to identify what you could do to make these officers better, and of course you know the the typical subjects uh more education or more training or um you know name a hundred different things that that yeah. you think would fix the the problem but the problem is. You got a human wearing a uniform, mm-hmm. and they're standing behind a badge, and I think that human mentality uh, just is not suited well for that. I yeah. mean, you're going to always have those problems. I think, mm-hmm. and uh, so what is the solution? I don't know that there is one.
1: Better training, I would have to say, couldn't hurt. No. Sure, I mean, you know, uh, better uh, you know involvement, you know, with the community, and uh, and also uh, I think you know, the media. Yeah, the media has, has a has a, <laughs> a you know the media um, has a responsibility not to go and demonize you know our law enforcement, which is what's been going on for yeah, two decades e- exactly. Now. Yeah, um, and it's just uh yeah uh, you know, I, I don't know I don't know what to say, but you know it is a good question. What is the problem? <laughs> it's you know it's always going to persist. I have yeah. to say, I mean, I don't know that it'll,
0: yeah, ever end.
1: No, it probably won't. But, it, but you know, defunding the the, the police, it's, it's that's not a solution. No, it's, no, it is not a solution. No, not at all. no, because you know we need them. Yeah, you know, we need We them.
0: really do, and I, th- I feel like, uh, if if anything, yeah, they need our support, especially nowadays. Whenever they're getting so much heat from the media, mm-hmm. whether or not uh, they're doing their job or. Uh, causing problems for the police force in, yeah. in their city or county or whatever so yeah they definitely need our support um back to books sure
1: <laughs> back to book. you know we, and there's, there's some other subjects we could you know talk about you know like politics no and, you know, no no No, come on please come <laughs> on i mean but you know you, you know let's, we can venture to that story my, my listeners know? are
0: cringing right now going
1: oh god no <laughs> don't do it don't do the politics you know, we
0: that's the one thing I try to steer away from but you can't entirely do that because everything is so
1: politically charged now yeah so but exactly yeah. I mean you know it's, we, the, I would love to like be involved in a, in a panel discussion on that sometime if you're yeah. your podcasters or if you ever have some guests and we've we've got some local podcasters that do the
0: political stuff there's a I can't remember the name, 817-something, and they do uh, news stories and stuff like that. But, you know, it seems like everybody, whether it's Fort Worth Weekly or these podcasters that are trying to share their political opinions, it always ends up leaning into a smear campaign, either against the city or the cops or—so, anyway— I don't. Yeah. I just stay the hell out of it. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. You hear that, folks? No
0: politics today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you should support your police officers, and Absolutely. police officers, you should be better all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, I was talking to somebody today. We were, uh, this was yesterday, actually. We were, we were okay. discussing Mark Nobles, who's another local author, uh, one of the books that he'd done, and we were talking about how... An author has to go out there and 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 do some research. You got to call your buddies that are in certain fields of study, or you know maybe you have a mm. police officer friend, or uh, somebody that works in the army. Or of course you got those bases covered pretty right. much. But uh, you you have to pull from your community to kind of learn the lingo and the the culture of each little uh, sub. Uh, community that you're mm-hmm. going to talk about and in your book 105 uh, you're going home Marine uh, this is a lot of short stories and you dive into a lot of little subcultures mm-hmm. and so uh, we, we've already figured out that you know you've got your military experience to lean on you were uh, an MP so you understand law enforcement right. but uh, how, how did you get into these other characters uh, character building
1: well let me start out by saying I never planned on being a writer okay honest to god I mean when I graduated high school I wanted to be in, going the military in, military police I wanted to be the Sherlock Holmes of the 80s and 90s okay, <laughs> okay. I never getting uh, I, I never planned on, on, on writing it, it was just not my thing um, I had to struggle uh, you know to get through high school I was graduating I like the bottom 1% and uh, I graduated the bottom 1% uh, I, my high school sweetheart at the time uh, who I was engaged to had to help me you know uh, tutor me through biology and so forth and then uh, a short while later uh, I, you know, I had no idea what she saw in me and after we broke up I don't think she did either <laughs> um, so loves hearts love hearts. Yes, so <laughs> yes it does anyway so as uh, time so when I uh, fast forward you know I'm out of the military and uh, I finally decided to take my education serious and uh, started working on my degree in theater and i remember my junior i was gonna like hey i'm just gonna get all my english classes done and, and i'm done with it and uh i laughed at him when he said um you, know, you can never have too many english classes i'm like Pfft, yeah right okay whatever i'm, I'm gonna be done with this and i wish i had a time machine that i could go back and apologize because he's right you can never have too many english classes i mean regardless if it's in you know literature history or composition writing or creative writing you can never have too many and um i i I guess that was you know back in the day when i was just you know so full of myself um you know trying to you know get through college and hey i made my junior year and uh and as you know time went on i finished my degree in theater i got involved in playwriting and uh as about a year and a half, uh, or about six months before I was supposed to graduate my theater degree, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer. Mm. Wait, how old are you at this point? Uh, 39. Okay. Mm. Uh, testicular cancer, at the time, said between the ages of 15 and 40. I think now it's between the ages of 15 and 45. Mm. Okay. Um so terrifying. It <laughs> it was an experience um that I was not expecting, let's yeah. put it this way. I mean uh, you know, I expected to like graduate and I'm gonna go for the brass ring and then you know, cancer card. Huh. So I had to undergo surgery and chemotherapy and six months turned into eighteen months. Oh my god. Before I could finally uh finish my degree, you know, because I you know, when you had chemotherapy, I mean the you know, yeah. working on college was the last thing from my mind. It does, and it does a lot of uh, effects on your brain. You know, when you do have chemo brain um, from it, to where you know sometimes lapses of memory and just complete lack of energy. Yeah, I mean, as I was coming out of the times when I could, uh, I got up, I would have uh, after eight hours of sleep, uh, I'd get up, shower, shave, get dressed, and then I'd have to go right back to bed for another six hours because yeah. my energy was gone. You know, yeah. just from doing that simple stuff and were you going through chemo treatments the entire 18 months no just uh, I was, my, the first five months was chemo one yeah. week on three weeks off okay and I was supposed to do it for six treatments but after the fifth treatment I said I can't do this anymore really and my oncologist uh, Dr. Mary Milam said okay and so <clears throat> we stopped the chemo treatments and then um, I, we you know, kept the testing to make sure and uh, you know cancer free since then Excellent. Congratulations. Thank you. And it was uh, December of 2001, December okay. 19th of 2001, which, yeah. um, coincidentally, 18 years later, my son, uh, December 19th, uh, my son, Matthew, uh, had appendicitis surgery. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and when I went to see him in the hospital, uh, and we, we never discussed it, but when I went to see him in the hospital, it was the first thing that was on my mind was, holy crap, it better not be cancer. I mean, to the day I got right. diagnosed, you know, to the day.
0: Y'all didn't know what was going on. No. Yeah, yeah
1: but, you know, he... You know, he it was just appendicitis and I okay, thank goodness. Um, but and then uh a, and before I got diagnosed with cancer, nine eleven happened and a lot of local theaters had, you know, tanked. Um and so and I was undergoing, you know, chemo and uh so uh, a lot of things happened, you know, and life got in the way. Uh, so fast forward to um, um, I'm working at you know Walmart for five years. You know because we all know Walmart's the center of the universe, right? Yep. And uh, so I ended up, which is one of my stories is based on uh, the Target? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, no, not Target, Walmart. Uh, not, not, not that's. I'm, I'm thinking the, of a the excavation. One. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, but yeah, one of my uh, short stories is based on uh, my experience at Walmart, and uh, so. Uh, I needed, you know, my theater degree wasn't. Uh, I couldn't even get arrested in this town, you know, with my theater degree. Um, as far as it goes to teaching, so I went on ahead and I just worked on a. Uh, uh, since I like to write, and I already had, um, uh, you know, so, some plays uh, underneath my belt, and decided to go ahead and uh, go for a uh, uh, English degree with Southern New Hampshire University, and then later on got a uh, minor in communications so I, you know, so I could teach speech. Uh, completed my English degree. And uh, then I went, ended up um, uh, teaching at uh, Tarrant County College. Yeah. Do uh, you know, Do you know uh, Matthew Broyles? The name sounds familiar. I believe he teaches out there, but I'm not sure. Okay. He's a I, local musician. I was teaching at the downtown campus. Okay. And I'm not sure if he's, I thought he was down there, but I don't yeah. know. But anyway, so um, uh, I never had, uh, um, like I said, I never had an interest in writing until I ended up going to college. And uh, it was uh, through college that you know, I started you know, becoming, I remember the uh, first short story that I had written was entitled Nightmares. Now, was this an assignment or something you just did on your own? It was an assignment, yeah. Nightmares was. Okay. Um, what happened was I, I went to college and uh, one of the you know, best mentors I had, uh, Mr. Tawny Kilborn um i got it, i was failing his class and failing his test i said you know I forget i'm out of here so then about a year later i decided to get a little bit more serious with it and went back and uh, of course they uh, had the uh, you know saying adjunct you know <laughs> I said, okay sure i'll sign up for this you know same time and everything and i walked into the very same classroom and he came in and he was calling down the rows and he called my name and said have we met before i said yes i uh, was in your class and I had to drop it for personal reasons you know I had, I didn't want to tell him yeah I was failing your class dude <laughs> <laughs> you know you weren't cutting me any slack I didn't know what the heck mm-hmm. I was doing so I had to get out but save my uh, own neck yeah <laughs> so yeah the same instructor so but this time I was a little bit more prepared because I knew what his tests were like and I knew what to expect from <clears throat> and uh so I wrote a a, a, sto- a short story entitled nightmares um and which dealt with a a police officer who was uh Confronted a rapist, and uh, he met his demise off the uh, roof of a building, and then later on he uh, transpired. In, you know, when he got out of the military, he went to theater. <laughs> okay. So, and it ended up getting published in uh, uh, under the clock uh, magazine on TCC. I thought this is pretty cool. And I never expected to get published before. And then uh, my first play, No Secrets, uh, out of Terran County College under. Uh, Stacey Schronk, uh, who's retired now, uh, one of my first drama instructor, really great guy, and uh, his wife Jan Schronk, um, and it was those secrets, and it was about a man who found true love with the sister of his high school sweetheart. No pressure, you know. A no dicey. No, yes. yeah, no conflict. Okay. <laughs> so, and then as you know, time went on, I you know, started. Uh, know writing and, and doing some short stories i was involved with a, a writers group called the north texas professional writers association which is now no longer um around uh, and i ended up joining a group now called the fort worth writers uh, which i sent the web link to your your facebook page mm-hmm. and uh through them i had met my uh publisher amanda thrasher from progressive writing phoenix press uh, another web link that i put on your it's sent to you. We'll put those in the Facebook. show notes so people can see them. Okay, appreciate that. Uh, and she, and I got to talk to, to use a, a, an adage from uh, Mark Twain. Um, you know, a, you, there's a difference between a, a good writer and, and, and a great writer. Okay, a good writer will make uh, uh, query letters. And send out query letters and so forth, and samples of the uh, of your work. A great writer will take the publisher to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. I, you know, I uh, t- took him in to lunch, and talked to her about you know uh, short stories. I thought I had enough short stories to uh, uh, compile an anthology. And it takes about they say about fifty thousand words to, for for an anthology, uh, and I didn't. So I ended up sitting down. and said, you know, if I'm going to do this, and not look like a schmuck. I need to come up with some more stories. So I just started, you know, things that just, you know, came in. yeah, that's good, you know, start you know, putting to paper. Writers' group said, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, more stuff, you know, just kept on and on and on. Um, and even some other short stories uh, that were from North Texas Professional Writers Association as well as uh, Fort Worth Writers, because there's a couple of other, you know, books from those groups that my stories, so those stories got borrowed and and put into this anthology as well. Um, every story, there's a, per, a detail in there or a fact from my personal life. Uh, for, in this one here? In this one here, Tech okay. Five, you're going home, Marine. Uh, like, for the the first one, um, which is a, an Ace of Mercy, mm-hmm. which deals with a, a reporter and uh, uh, a group of people from different professions who uh, have a particular club with a particular agenda. And the detail in that story, because, again, also I'm an avid card player. I think that – was that one of the first ones? That's the first one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Amanda Blaisdell. Now, that one there is uh, –
0: there's so many – fort worth references in there is that a true story
1: <laughs> no it's, it's just the, the story itself isn't true if, if it is i don't know about it <laughs> if there anybody if you know if there's anybody out there that you know kind of reflects hey wait a minute, how do you find out about our group i'm oh, sorry guys i don't do yeah. not know about it it's but it, it, the, the detail in there was um related to a story a long time ago back in california where the police were trying to find this missing woman and uh they knocked on the door in this and uh i think their four or five year old daughter answered and the daughter looked at the police please oh are you here to see my mom uh, she's buried out in the backyard <laughs> Whoa! and so the police said oh okay so got a warrant went out to the backyard and found you know found the body along with the spare tire wow <laughs> well yeah what happened the father had the husband had you know murdered the wife put it and anyway he took her car out like about a mile from the place and with a flat tire so when the police go unexpected, and expect you know there's no spare tire where's the spare tire so obviously I feel like that okay well her car broke down there's no spare tire she must have got a rider somewhere and got abducted alright that's was you know that's what he tried to make it look like Yeah. but yeah. no he buried her along with the spare tire mm-hmm. so I incorporated that little detail into the story yeah the spoiled fruits and labors of uh, dominion labor uh, which is you know my experience with walmart um the uh dark rainbow uh with the military police uh ace of mercy uh let me open up here uh you had a favorite uh
0: yeah i've got one that i wanted to talk to you about because it was the one i got probably the biggest kick out of um because not i don't know if this sounds weird or not but it sounds like a story that i would have (laughs) wrote but uh yeah the the excavation the that excavation. was my that was the one that i uh i i had read and enjoyed all the stories up to that but that's the one that really got my attention and i I really appreciated that story but um i i guess we could issue a spoiler alert because i do want to talk talk to you about this one, well so. can, can
1: you can talk do you want me to read it first yeah let's do that okay
0: have you have you done any uh books on audio for your reading no, no,
1: I haven't I've been meaning to, but you know it's trying to it's like everything else It's expensive well, that's another thing we want to do here at this studio is set up a
0: comfortable uh effective uh environment so that
1: authors can come in and do recording for audio okay, I'll just talk to my publisher about that'cause you know we have been you know looking into it, but again it's uh you know it's like anything it's like you know just like you know trying to get your books published it's you know it's expensive, yeah,
0: well, I think we've got. Uh, the, we do have the basic equipment that w- that you would need to do something like that, and sure. then the editing for it would be fairly simple. You would just kind of trim it to to fit whatever format the sure. the agency needed or your publisher needed. Sure. So maybe I could network with you and Mark Nobles and a couple other uh, authors that that we've recorded with and see what we could do to uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, it had for me, it had to be cleared uh, with my publisher because I'm not sure. self published. Yeah. Uh, it's just a small press company, but uh, mm-hmm. I know we are. Uh, we have looked at and considered uh, doing audiobooks, uh, especially, you know, to help blinds, the blind. Yeah, visually yeah impaired. for sure. So, but yeah.
0: All right, so this is The Excavation. The excavation. It starts on page 47 mm-hmm. in 105 uh, You're Going Home, Marine, and
1: Other Short Stories by Daryl Bartell. <clears throat> the Excavation. Unbearable heat bore down on the archaeological expedition. Professor Marvin Bigelow watched the workers led by his projets sift through the sand and dirt. Seeing the rail cars full of debris brought back memories of his first excavation with his father, an experience he thought he would never relive until now. How's the progress, Sheila? shouted the professor. Almost there. Another 10 or 20 meters and we might have something, Sheila yelled back. Sheila Ariella, a born leader, was Thirty years to Professor's junior. "'Her drive and motivation were assets. "'Grateful she could come along, "'the Professor knew Sheila would lead an expedition of her own one day. "'Professor, it's too hot. "'If everyone doesn't get some water, we could have casualties.' "'Looking up at the sky, Professor Bigelow's eyes squinted "'when he saw the ominous sun radiating through the orchard "'and carrying cluttered clouds, "'the light reflecting off the mountains on the horizon. "'He removed his hat and used his sleeve "'to wipe the sweat from his forehead.' You may be right, Mr. McDaniels. No sense in finding the prize if we can't enjoy it. Give the signal and let's get into the tent. We'll start again, he checked his chronometer at 5 o'clock. His assistant, Warren McDaniels, gave three loud shrills on the whistle and issued the order. All right, everybody, find some shade and drink up. We'll start back at 5 o'clock. The workers set aside their digging tools and walked to the nearest well station. There were 20 of them throughout the excavation site, each one equipped with a refrigeration system that produced cold water at a moment's notice. Satisfied there were no heat injuries, Professor Bigelow and Warren met Sheila inside the base camp's main tent. A servant handed each a cold drink. The professor sat down and soon finished his second glass while his students drank on their third. Your skin is starting to look like leather, Sheila, the professor voiced his concern. Maybe you should call it a day and miss out on the greatest archaeological discovery since Targ? Not a chance. Always the optimist. All the same, put on some more gamma block before you go out. "'Everyone turned to look at the freckled-faced young man "'who entered carrying a notepad and writing utensil. "'I'm looking for Professor Bigelow. "'You found him. "'Marcus Quinn of the Evening Terrain,' he introduced himself. "'My editor video-phoned you yesterday?' "'The professor stood up and shook Quinn's hand. "'Yes, he did. Pleasure to meet you, young man. "'Allow me to introduce my students, Mr. Warren McDaniels and Miss Sheila Ariala. "'And don't forget about me, an attractive brunette wearing dust-covered clothes, "'entered the tent.' "'Mr. Quinn, my daughter, Rihanna Bigelow,' he turned to his daughter. "'This is the reporter I told you about. Everyone noticed the reporter's attraction to Rihanna. He appeared smitten like a schoolboy. "'Miss Bigelow,' he tipped his hat, "'please call me Rihanna. I don't thrive on formalities.' She reached for two glasses from the service tray and offered one to the reporter, who quickly consumed the beverage. "'Have a seat, Mr. Quinn,' offered the professor. "'Enjoy our hospitality while you ask your questions.' "'I appreciate it,' Marcus pulled out his writing materials and sat down to get comfortable. "'How was your trip?' "'Long, Miss Ariella. I traveled all the way from Bach to get here.' "'Wow,' Warren seemed surprised. "'That's three days by land shuttle.' Four, replied Marcus. "'We broke down in Desmond and had to wait for some replacement parts. "'The heat melted the cooling system. "'The professor received another glass of chilled water from the servant before getting down to business. "'So, what's your first question, Mr. Quinn?' Well, Professor, to cut to the heart of the interview, I guess the big question is why? According to my research, this is your sixth expedition to this region. Seventh, my first one was with my father, the late Professor Armando Bigelow, when I was 10 years old. That was 45 years ago, wasn't it? Forty-seven, young man. The professor seemed irritated with the fact. uh, You can leave that detail out if you like. Everyone laughed at the request. But it still doesn't answer the question. You've written a dozen books on archaeology, religion, and lost civilizations. You have tenure at the university. Why not leave the digging for the younger scholars? Because there's so much more to learn, so much more we don't know, and this lost civilization my father discovered. Professor Bigelow watched Marcus sip his refreshments while writing on his notepad. But this desert region is so barren and hot. Is it worth the risk? Everything has risk, Mr. Quinn. Look at what you went through to get here. You traveled for four days over this wasteland. You could have turned back when your land shuttle broke down, but you didn't, and here you are. Good point. But why continue? Why not let somebody else take it over? I'm preparing for that. I won't be around forever. We never are. That's why my, why the. That's why this expedition involves some of my prized students. Mister McDaniels is well versed in archaeology and anthropology. He had a paper published about the Targ civilization, with a little, little help from you. Interrupted per Warren. Miss Ariella specializes in religion, the professor continued. She co-wrote my last book and with me about the Almar civilization after we discovered five structures two years ago. The professor smiled at his daughter. Rihanna is a, an up-and-coming archaeologist whose expertise is dead languages. This is her first expedition. Following in your father's footsteps, asked Quinn. Rihanna grinned every step of the way. Professor, I've done my research, but I'm still rather hear from you and your students. What is the difference between Targ and Almar? Professor Bigelow took a deep breath. From what we've learned from previous expeditions, we believe Targ and Almar were gods. They were very generous providing food and clothing to their laurel worshippers. We can tell the difference between them because a crimson moon was the symbol for Targ, with a six-pointed indigo star was the sign for Almar. Taking another drink, the professor paused a moment to allow the reporter to catch up. And what caused them to become extinct? Most likely a religious civil war mr quinn jealousy greed and vanity have always been the downfall of civilizations and cultures one side wanting what the other has or one side believing their god is better than the other we have no way of knowing who started it or how long it lasted but it was a war nonetheless marcus jotted the answer without hesitation "'And do you think you'll find anything on this expedition?' "'Our instruments indicate a dwelling is located on this very spot,' answered Sheila. "'Not as big as the ones we've seen for Targ and Almar. "'We were about to reach it before break.' "'So I might witness history in the making?' Marcus asked. "'I wouldn't get my hopes up, Mr. Quinn. "'We never know what to expect with these excavations. "'Sheila is right. This dwelling is much smaller, but it's still a prize worth seeking. "'It could contain clues to our next expedition.' "'Without warning, a young, dark-skinned boy ran inside the tent.' "'Professor, Professor, come quick, hurry.' "'What is it, Dralik?' "'It is my brother, Modim. "'Please, sir.' "'We were walking back to our site when the ground gave way beneath our feet. "'He fell and can't get out. "'He's hurt very badly.' Lead the way, lad,' shouted the professor. "'I'll get the rope,' Rihanna yelled, racing toward the equipment tent while everyone else charged ahead, following Dralik about a hundred meters from the campsite. "'They saw some of the workers surrounding the hole where Modim had fallen.' "'He's in there,' Dralik pointed. "'Stand back, everyone, stand back.' "'The workers obeyed the professor's instructions. "'Warren and Sheila approached the opening in the ground with caution and looked down. "'Do you see him?' asked the professor. "'He's about 20 meters straight down,' Warren scanned the opening. "'He's alive but unconscious. "'You have angered the gods of this accursed civilization,' screamed one of the workers. "'They want to eat our children. "'Calm down, calm down. "'That's enough superstitious nonsense from you, Icosa,' Professor Bigelow warned him. "'Where is that rope?' "'Right behind you, Daddy.' Rihanna tossed one end of the rope to the group of workers while she carried the rest to Sheila and Warren. The professor and Marcus followed close behind. Warren tied the end of the rope around his waist. The rest of the group lined up to lower him down. A minute later, the professor peered into the hole and and saw Warren kneeling next to the injured boy who was regaining consciousness. How is he, Warren? He'll live, professor, but he's going to have a nasty headache for a while. Tie the rope around him and we'll bring him up a short while later Modine was out of the hole thank you professor you have saved my brother a grateful droplet kissed marvin's hand as a reward i will give you my sister that won't be necessary chuckled the professor get your brother to the medical tent i want a physician to look after him of course you're most kind may the heavens watch over you and keep you safe as they did my brother come Modine." professor bigelow smiled watching the boys being escorted by a couple of workers one carried the injured boy in his arms he then turned his attention toward his missing team member Hang on, Warren. We'll lower the rope and have you out in a minute. Hold off on that, Professor. Warren disappeared into the darkness. Warren? Warren, where did you go? Minutes passed. Warren, get back here. Warren appeared back into the light, shining down into the hole. Professor, you need to come down here. You got to see this. What is it? Just get down here. It's unbelievable. Professor Bigelow turned around to address the workers behind him. You and you, bring the long ladder and some lanterns. Hurry. The screamed away "'and returned in a few minutes with the equipment. "'After lowering the ladder into the opening "'and making sure it was secure, "'the group proceeded down into the chasm. "'Sheila and Rihanna went first, "'followed by the professor and Marcus. "'The professor switched on his lantern. "'What's all the excitement about, Mr. McDaniels? "'See for yourself.' "'One by one, the rest of the group "'switched on their lanterns to illuminate the tomb. "'Holding up the lantern to get a better look, "'the professor observed some crude pictures "'drawn on the walls.' What is it? Marcus' eyes adjusted to the light. I don't know. The discovery fascinated the professor. I've never seen anything like it. Rihanna appeared puzzled at the picture. Look at his face. It's horrible. Half He's half man and half whatever. Warren agreed. What's that on the bottom? Opening his eyes wider, the professor tried to make out the markings. I think it says T-E-M-I-N, but the rest has been destroyed, and I believe that's the symbol for ten. Termin Ten? "'Is that the name of a god, Professor?' asked Marcus. "'Hard to say. I'll need time to study it.' "'Rihanna moved over to the next picture, "'depicting a man with animal features and blades sticking out of his hands. "'Daddy, what do you make of this?' "'I'm not sure. That symbol beneath him, it's new to me. "'It appears to be a cross with a, in a circle. Could be religious. "'Sheila, what do you make think?' "'Everyone looked around, but his religious expert had vanished. "'Where did she go?' A loud scream pierced the darkness. "'Sheila, this way!' cried out Warren. The group followed him 30 meters across the room to find a humiliated Sheila waiting. "'What happened?' "'Sorry for the alarm,' replied Sheila, who attempted to dust off her clothes. "'I feel like a rookie. I tripped, and I wasn't expecting that.' She pointed to the floor where fossilized remains were lying next to stacks and stacks of pictures inside small, thin frames. Warren released Sheila to examine the remains. "'What do you think, Warren?' The professor anxiously awaited his answer. "'It's human, all right. Male. Five, maybe six thousand years old.' "'He's well-preserved, thanks to the atmosphere. "'I'll know more when we get him back to the lab. "'His clothing is similar to the Almar Civilization.' "'Rihanna noticed something dangling from the course. "'What's that on his chest?' "'Professor Bigelow watched Warren pick up the small, rectangular object "'and hand it to Rihanna, who used her lantern to get a better look. "'Daddy, this is strange. What's wrong?' "'The color is indigo, similar to the Almar Civilization, "'but the markings are Ariola. "'I think it says J-A-S-O-N. "'Jason, are you sure? I'm positive.' An indigo background with aerial markings, and it spells Jason, but that can't be. Why do you say that, Professor? Marcus didn't understand everyone's confusion. And what is a Jason? When my father discovered the Targ civilization, we found three sets of remains with the Jason symbols, only they were in the crimson. We thought they were the guards or the gatekeepers. To find a Jason the Almar civilization, could rewrite the history books. Warren held up his lantern to survey the rest of the tomb. What is that hanging from the ceiling? All eyes were fixed on the large piece of glass covered in soot and there's another one over there must be a crude form of communication much like our video phone system deduced the professor the group looked around and observed rows and rows stacks upon stacks of the small frames with more pictures lining the walls some were scattered on the floor others were organized next to larger pictures over there the group followed rayana a huge object hung overhead they examined the new discovery not sure what to make of it The professor broke the silence. Again, an indigo background with aerial markings, and it appears to be intact. No damage, no symbols missing, nothing like the target, Almar's... Can you decipher it, Rayana? I think so, she hesitated. I'm sure I can spell it, but I don't understand what it means. Well, go ahead and try, encouraged the father, eager to hear her interpretation, along with the rest of the group. Okay, it looks like B-L-O-C-K-B-U-S-T-E-R. I love it so awesome
0: Um, yeah so far I I think that's that's got to be my favorite one in there so far. Uh, <laughs> um, and congratulations, you did fabulous. I'll make sure to make <laughs> make that as clean as possible. I but appreciate it. It's always nerve wracking reading anything uh, in front of people, right?
1: Well, just you know, reading out loud. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, you know, being in theater is okay, but you know, you want to make sure that you articulate and pronunciate the words you know yeah. correctly. And uh, um, once you know that ten uh, five also won, I want to say the. Uh, San Francisco 2022 San Francisco Book Festival uh, Award for Anthology That is anthology. awesome yeah. You said 22? 2022 Yeah
0: Congratulations Thank man you. It deserves yes. it That's excellent um, And I'm I'm looking forward To doing these other two But I want to read these books And then have you back on uh, Sure Maybe we'll Yeah Go one at a time can you give us a story about what made you come up with that? Well, or led you to build that story?
1: Look, well, I was, you know, as you know, I used to work for Walmart, and then I was looking at, you know, Walmart and Target and Walmart and Target, their thing, and then Blockbuster years ago was like the big thing. I mean, it was it was the bee's knees. I mean, you know, just you want to see, you know, you don't want to go to the movies? Hey, yeah, we'll, you know, rent a VCR, you know, get a, you know, rent a VCR tape or get a DVD, and and now you know the. They just slowly, pay, and I think there's like one that's Maybe. left. Maybe. I thought they were all gone. Uh, all, I want to say it's one that's either in Alaska or Oregon. Oh, really? Uh. Yeah. And that they still, you know, using the Blockbuster name. And I just, you know, it was kind of like, okay, tar- Walmart and Target. How, well, how can I come up with this? And, then, you know, I remember <laughs> Blockbuster just slowly, you know, going off one by one. And I said, okay, Wal- so we got, okay, we got Almar and we got Targ that's good that'll work and then i just i just you know put it together a lot of times when i start a story uh i have no idea where it's gonna go yeah i just no just i just go ahead and i I go with it
0: well and i uh after you've you've read it um i started picking stuff out as we reread the story but i didn't realize that something was up until it got to the part where he called the uh the video communication system primitive <laughs> whenever he said that i went oh my god okay so this is in the future yeah but i i was embarrassed uh, that i didn't pick up on it before that you
1: know I, one of my colleagues uh in the uh uh carolee joy who's a a, a, a romance novelist um she had uh, you know read it she picked up on on what almar and targ were nobody else in the group at that time uh the North Texas Professional Writers Association? They didn't pick up on it. She f- picked up. She knew what I she, she, she immediately. You know, she knew my. St- she was familiar with my style. Okay. Humor, so yeah. She knew exactly what it was about. <laughs> yeah. Very enjoyable story.
0: And and they all have hooks like that. Little twists that, there. At the that's end. what
1: I. That's what I, I try and do. That's what I try and specialize is just to give that little. You know, twist. I have no idea what that twist is going to be. Yeah. Um, until I finally you know like get towards the end it's mm-hmm. sort of like uh, the measure of family values uh, where the uh, um, the daughter can you know talk to ghosts and talk to spirits so she helps her father out, out on cases mm-hmm. I, I had no idea what okay i 've got this story i and it wasn 't until I got till like the last okay where how, where am I going to where am I going to run with this where am I going to deal with this and then I had uh, uh a lot that, and that happens a lot of times I'll sit back and i'll like I'll turn on the television, I'll see some old programs, see a commercial, and I'll go oh okay, yeah, that'll work <laughs> <laughs> go back in there <laughs> so you're not backwards
0: engineering these from the twist
1: no i no? i go you know right towards you know, i, I have awesome. no idea it's sometimes you know halfway sometimes' I'm towards the end, you know I'm stuck okay, like where am I going to go with this? <laughs> what am I doing with because I mean like right now i mean, I've got a western a time travel story. And um a World War Two story. And I'm trying to you know get the through line, but how am I gonna end this? Yeah. So. Well excellent. I'm I'm hoping that uh that you got some
0: more to tell us about that on, on your next visit. We gotta do it quickly though. Oh, sure. I don't want you to have to wait another three months. <laughs> um I'm <laughs> looking at Amazon.com. You can find the books that
1: we're talking about here. You got uh see these are available on All Kindle. Three? Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, Barnes, Barnes Amazon uh, Progressive Rising Phoenix Press. Okay, that one's paperback mm-hmm. for the Corona monologs ten 10-5,
0: You're Going Home Marine and Other Shorts is on Kindle. And I'm looking to see if they've got paper here. They, they yeah, are. And that one doesn't say. It just says Kindle. But these are paper. Yeah, they're all
1: paperback. Okay. I don't know why it just says Kindle. Oh, uh, got to go up? Yeah. You see right there above the 1395? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So seven
0: ninety nine on Kindle and thirteen ninety five on paperback. Yeah.
1: Okay. And then uh I have nothing to do with that one.
0: <laughs> oh really? Oh that says Daryl Huff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've gone
1: too far. Yeah. <laughs> go back, go back. I wouldn't know how to lower my food <clears throat> if you paid me. So
0: Yeah, but I just uh I went to Amazon, I typed in D A R R E L L Daryl Bartel, B A R T E L L. And am I saying your last name correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. Um, social media or websites for people to find you?
1: Uh, basically, uh, two websites, uh, Fort Worth Writers, mm-hmm. uh, where my colleagues are, and the Progressive Rising Phoenix Press, okay. uh, with uh, uh, CEO's Amanda Thrasher, and I'm in with some very you know good company, uh, some of the writers like uh, Amanda Thrasher, William Spears, uh, to name a couple. Uh, I don't know who all my colleagues are on okay. there, but Amanda does uh, some uh, wonderful work with children's books and uh, preteen books and uh, William Spears does uh, a lot of spy mystery a lot of spy novels so
0: well all the links you've sent me I'll put in the show notes and if you have any other ones in between now and whenever I release your episode just send it to me and I'll I'll include it. Make sure okay, people sure. can find you and stuff. Absolutely. Anything else for our listeners before we get out? Here? I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> unless you had something else you wanted to, you know, talk about or Well, I want to make sure we get you back on the show. So I can't I can't explore all the mysteries just yet, but we'll 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 keep this up. Every time you get a book coming out, we'd like to have you on the show Absolutely. and talk about
1: it. Uh okay, sure. I mean, th- is that the only story you wanted me to read or
0: Yeah, for this one. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we'll we'll be ready to hear some more from these <laughs> other books whenever we have you on next time. Outstanding. Glad okay. to hear it. All right, Fort Worth Roots, thank you all for listening. Check out the show notes for all the links, and we'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) Daryl, I can't thank you enough for being on the Fort Worth Roots podcast, my friend. Thank you for doing that, and I don't know if you all picked up on this. I kind of pulled a sneaky maneuver here. I could have made him wait until I had all three books read, uh, before I brought him on the show. And then we could have just covered all of them and knocked it out of the park. But, uh, I wanted to, wanted to have him on multiple times, you know, it's just more fun that way. Oh, and it gives me time to read the books. So he waited so long. He, I, Jesus, it's been, it was probably four months. He mailed me the books and I sat on them for a while. There's stuff, you know, life. But anyway, finally got one read and, uh. He was, was nice enough to wait. So, Daryl, thank you for waiting. Uh, looking forward to getting these other two books knocked out so we can get you back on the show. And uh, looking forward to more of your creations in the future. Shout out to Daryl's publisher. I guess they had to clear this for him to come on the show. Thank you, Rising Phoenix Press. Did I call them Express earlier? It's Rising Phoenix Press. I hope I didn't mess that up. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do we got going on? All right, so uh, the 6th at the Ridgely Room. Uh, I'm going to see the Space Poets and uh, Jeff Zero in his own private universe. Uh, Jeff Zero actually sent us tickets. Such a nice guy. It's the second time he's done this, sending us tickets. Um, we got to get him on the show. He's uh, he's tight with the, the Itchy Richie, Mr. Richard Keller and Slim, and uh, just a good dude. Plays great music, and uh, I'm excited to go see him again. I am going to bring some earplugs this time because the Ridgely Room. It's so loud it is so loud it's it's a great space good people nice vibes but damn it's loud so after a lifetime of severe hearing abuse so anyway it's a good place don't let that deter you just maybe bring some earplugs that's what i'm gonna do anyway and then uh january 7th we got the j birds and the traumatics and good latimer out there at lola's and oh excuse me not lola's scratch that um magnolia motor lounge and it's the new location that's going to be awesome Really looking forward to that. Whew, I'm gonna pack up on some Benadryl. Hey, if uh, you also suffer from cedar allergies, my heart goes out to you. We're uh, we're not even at the peak season for cedar yet, and uh, I don't know that I'm gonna make it this year. It's really awful. So if you guys hear me kind of congestive sounding uh, with the, the the sinuses, that's what's going on. No COVID here, okay? All right, Springfest Car Show 2023, April 22nd. Um, it's going to be a good time let's see I think that's right anyway we're going to have more updates for you I need to get Darren in here Darren if you're listening let's go ahead and make that happen real quick 10 times faster than a gopher if you would sir and uh, let's talk about River Oaks we need to do that I'm the River Oaks Springfest car show that's what we need to do uh, get all the details, and this is going to put a fire under his butt, because if there's anything that needs to get it ironed out, he's going to have to do that before we talk about it. <laughs> uh, now nah, he's got it. He had it uh, ironed out last year, but this year it's going to be even better. If y'all missed last year, we had the Oscar Mayer mobile out there. No guarantee that's coming back out. Probably won't, because uh, there's only six of those in the nation, and they kind of hop around to different events. But it was so cool having them out there. We had live music, food, uh, I think there were 300 classic cars out there. Um, the fire department, I believe, was out there. I know we had at least two different police departments out there. Uh, just a lot of support from the community and a lot of uh, nonprofit organizations that were out there talking about their work and kind of propping up this event. And uh, it was great. We had a great time. I met a lot of interesting people, did a few uh, interviews. It's probably the easiest event that I've covered so far, just just it was chill. We had lots of room. It was good temperature. No wind. Um, it was fun. So, I'd love to see you out there this year. Uh, again, that's going to be April 22nd. I don't know that that's right, but I'll make sure. It's either the 22nd or the 23rd, but it's that weekend. Um, yeah. Okie dokie. And that's it for the events we got coming up, I believe. Okay. Roofing Solutions by Darren Hout. Go to roofingsolutionshout.com, and they will give you a 50% off. Just by mentioning the Fort Worth Roots podcast, you can also get them on the phone at 817-882-6520. Roofing Solutions by Darren out. Check them out. Woodpost Works. Go to woodpostmetalworks.com. This is all in the show notes, by the way. Um, use offer code PODCAST817 at checkout to get 10% off. They, they have turned it up. I don't know if it's just their social media that they've turned up or if they are just uh, killing it with new orders. But it's impressive. They're putting out new stuff uh, almost daily now. Um, Custom stuff for people's homes, badass signs for people's businesses, and a lot of other cool stuff. Uh, For a long time, I was talking about their uh, little collapsible steel fire pits that you can bring with you anywhere. Flattens out, you pull the pins, and you can stow it in your vehicle, and then whenever you get where you're going, tailgate, party, camp, trip, whatever, pull that bad boy out, slide those pins back in, and now you got this really cool custom fire pit. And you can put whatever you want on it. looks awesome anyway go check them out woodpostmetalworks.com use podcast 817 at checkout for 10% off Walker Originals go to halkwalker.com these folks uh, can pretty much do anything you can think of with a laser engraver and so much more and they do uh, custom woodworking bowls and pins and uh, tops and all sorts of cool stuff um, but we're past Christmas so you might not be looking for gift ideas anymore but if you need something for your side hustle Or work, or so on and so forth. You got a birthday coming up. Uh, You want something original? You want to buy something from a local business owner? Give them a shout. Uh, halkwalker.com Check it out. Cool. All right. Thank you to our sponsors. You guys rock. And uh, I actually reached out to Woodpost Metalworks earlier this week. They're not listening to this, probably. So I'll I'll reach out to them again. But we need to get them on the show. I want to talk to those cats. Because we are putting stuff together here at the studio. And we need their help. Um, The studio is coming along. And uh, I'm hoping before the end of January that we are 100% uh, ready to go. So we're going to be doing some stuff out here. And uh, I might invite you. Don't have a date for that. Don't even know what I'm talking about yet. Anyway, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Something cool. All right. That's it. That's it. We got all the stuff. One more time for Daryl Bartell. Thank you, sir, for being on the show. I will have all of his links in the show notes, so check that out. And just to make sure I didn't say it wrong, Rising F- uh, Phoenix Press. Thank y'all if, if that was something that you guys were involved in. Thank you for uh, setting that up or approving it or however that works. I've never written a book before. I've only read like three. So Anyway. I'm glad this is one of the three books I've read in my life. Excellent. Okay. I'll shut up. Thank y'all for being here. Happy New Year's once again. And, uh, hey, meet me over there at uh, Ridgely Room um, this Friday. And then meet me out there at uh, Magnolia Motor Lounge uh, this Saturday. Let's hang out. It'll be good. Okay. Y'all have a wonderful week. Happy New Year. I said it like five times. I mean it. I want you to have a happy one. Okay. I'll see you next Monday. Be good. See ya. Peace.